The Secret of Utopia Colony, Chapter 14, The Coral Reefs, by Scott Sky. Copyright 2013 Scott Sky. Osiral spent the night thinking about how they could have gotten to Acadia City and back so quickly. Someone must have given them a ride. But who? He decided to watch them closely, until they went to visit their friend again. The next day he spent the whole day following them around, pretending to be doing this or that. If they went down to the beach, he found a reason to go down to the beach. When they went to the cliffs, he did too. And in the end, when they decided to stay inside, he found things to do inside. They couldn't go visit Raven, and it was irritating them. That night the kids went up to the tower room, to figure out what to do. If he follows us around all day tomorrow too, we won't be able to go visit Raven again, Kiyoko complained. He must have figured out we have a friend who gave us a ride to Acadia City, Arthur suggested. That's why he's been following us around all day. If he keeps following us around, it'll be impossible to get away from him tomorrow too. Nothing's impossible, Samantha said. We just have to find a way to slip away from him. If we don't go visit Raven tomorrow, she's going to wonder why we're not visiting her anymore. I think I know a way to get away from Osiral, and really confuse him too. Goro had everyone's full attention. The same way Arthur and I did that. Night he caught us spying on him. We go up the secret tunnel from the caves to the storeroom. Yes, that'll work. Arthur agreed excited. We can go down to the cliffs in the morning, go into the caves, and then slip up the tunnel, and head out to Ravens for the day. Osiral won't follow us into the caves, he'll just wait out on the cliffs. By the time he realizes we're not in the caves anymore, we'll be halfway to Ravens. The girls weren't quite so excited about the idea, Samantha didn't like small closed-in areas, and Kiyoko couldn't stand the way the tunnel stunk. But nobody wanted to spend the day being followed around by Osiral again, so they all agreed to the plan. The next day the kids went down to the cliffs right after breakfast. Of course Osiral found a reason to go down to the cliffs too, he was collecting driftwood. Nobody knew what he wanted it for. Leave us alone Osiral, Arthur demanded. We're tired of you following us around. We're just going to explore the caves today. Leave us alone. The kids had planned this, hoping that if Osiral thought they were really mad at him, he'd leave them alone in the caves for a few hours. Hopefully long enough for them to get to Ravens. Your mother told me to keep an eye on you all, Osiral claimed, as he always did. He told them that enough times for them to realize that it wasn't the real reason he always hung around. He liked irritating them. Nemazos Sedemin, Miki added, making Osiral extremely angry again. Sorafini Taishif. Osiral barked in response. Sorafini Taishif? Miki copied it. Look Osiral, Arthur interrupted. Just leave us alone. Then Arthur turned and started down the path that led to the caves, and the others followed. Osiral snarled something else at Miki, and then went back to collecting driftwood. The kids slipped through the holographic wall into the secret passage, and then pulled out their crystallite torches. Crystallite torches were small crystals, designed to allow light to enter but not leave, trapping the light inside, and when the kids opened the lens on one end, some of the light was allowed to escape, brightly lighting up the passageway. The girls didn't like it at all, the seaweed smell was enough to make anyone sick, and after a while the air became hard to breathe, and Samantha stopped. Hurry up Samantha, Arthur said, pushing her to make her move. We're almost at the end of the tunnel. It'll take longer to go back to the cave, 
then up to the storeroom. Don't push me. Samantha snapped. If I want to stop, I will. Oh would you two stop this? Goro snapped. You two would fight even if you were in a burning building, or on a starship about to crash. We're almost at the end of the tunnel, can't you wait until we're in clean air again to finish this fight? Samantha turned to argue with Goro too, but then Miki made an exact imitation of Osara's cough, that made all the kids think that he must have found his way into the tunnel, and they all started running up the tunnel. Wait a minute, Goro said stopping to catch his breath. That was just Miki, he just did it again. Miki coughed again and they were all relieved. They continued up the tunnel, and after a couple more minutes found themselves standing under the trapdoor, now brightly lit by their crystal-like torches. The door slid to one side and they walked up into the secret storeroom. The trapdoor shut behind them, and they went up the stairs to the door, and unstacked the boxes on the other side, and then restacked the boxes behind them. Then they went out to the kitchen, and fortunately there was no one there. Let's see if Osaral is still waiting for us at the caves, Samantha said as she walked over to a window that looked down on the cliffs. The others also had a look, and sure enough, there he was, still pretending to be collecting driftwood. It worked, Kiyoko said. We got away from him. Let's go see Raven. Not yet, Arthur said. He'll be down on the cliffs for a while. Let's grab some lunch first to take with us, that way we don't have to come back until tonight. I'll go find Mom, Samantha offered. You guys pack some lunch, and keep an eye on Osaral. Goro stayed at the window watching Osaral on the cliffs below while Arthur and Kiyoko started packing lunch. Samantha came back with Ms. Riley a couple minutes later, and about ten minutes later the kids were heading down the path around the cliff, and away from Osaral, who was still pretending to be looking for driftwood. He stayed down on the cliffs for a couple hours, and then got mad. What are those kids doing in there? He muttered. He went over to the cave entrance and called to them. There was no answer, and so he called again. Well, if they're lost in the caves, I'm not looking for them, he said to himself, and then headed back up to the outpost to tell Miss Riley. She looked up quickly at Osiral as he walked in. Where have you been all morning? She demanded. I needed you to take care of some things, and I couldn't find you anywhere. I was looking for the kids, Osiral said. They went into the caves earlier, and haven't come out. I've been calling for them, but I think they're lost. Oh stop making up stories Osiral, she said angrily, you're just using the children to cover for your laziness. I saw them go into the cave, and they didn't come out, Osiral defended himself. I was on the cliffs all day, and I'm telling you, they're lost in those caves. I know for a fact they are not, she stated firmly. They went off for a picnic shortly after breakfast. So don't tell me any more stories about them being lost in caves. Osaral couldn't believe what he heard, and sat there dumbfounded. He had been on the cliffs all morning, he would have seen the kids come out. Oh don't act so shocked, Miss Riley said. Just go do some work this afternoon, you didn't do any this morning. If the kids did go into the caves, they obviously must have left when you weren't looking. Now don't just sit around. Get to work. Osaral was confused but walked off quietly to do some work. He had chased two people into those caves one night, thinking they were Arthur and Goro, and then couldn't find them, and now the four kids had done the same thing. It couldn't be just a coincidence. The kids were still laughing at the thought of Osiral waiting for them down on the cliff, as they got to Raven's. Raven was working on her sub when the kids showed up, and waved as they entered the cavern. 
Hello, she said. Why didn't you visit yesterday? I was worried. Osaral followed us around all day, Samantha answered. He must think we have a friend with a car who gave us a ride to Acadia City. He didn't follow you today did he? Raven asked. No, we got away from him okay today, Goro said with a smile. Good, Raven said. He doesn't sound like a very nice person, and I definitely don't want him coming around here. What are you doing to your sub? Goro asked looking at what she had been doing. It's nice weather, and the ocean's calm. Raven said. I was thinking about going out to have a look at the coral reefs around Utopia Colony. There was a silence as the kids stared at Raven. Utopia Colony. They wanted to go there more than anything. Would Raven be willing to take them with her? On the way to Raven's, Goro had looked out to see if he could see the old abandoned city, but there were the usual white water waves out there. His heart beat fast, there could be a giant thornback ray out there in the reefs, and even if there wasn't, there could be other fish that he'd never seen before, maybe even some nobody had ever seen. He could take his hollow corder. Raven, please, you have to take us with you. Kiyoka begged. Now that you've taught us how to pilot the sub, we could really help you. Well, of course I was going to take you, she said smiling at the kids. I was going to go yesterday, but when you didn't come over, I decided to wait till today. How close do you think we could get to Utopia Colony? Arthur asked. Do you think we could dock there? Samantha added. I doubt it, Raven answered. The reefs are dangerous, and there are unpredictable currents. There must have been a way in once, but the reefs are probably too overgrown now. Even if there still is a way in, I don't know where it is, and I'm not going to risk drowning us all. The kids were a little disappointed, they really did want to visit the old city. She put their lunch into the sub's small fridge, and helped them into the sub, the closed the hatch, and carefully piloted the sub out of the cavern through a large hole, that led out into the utopian ocean. The Chidri was an excellent sub with more than enough room for Raven, the four kids, and Miki of course. It had windows all around, which allowed them to see in almost any direction, and its motor was so quiet that the kids often caught themselves whispering instead of talking out loud. Raven turned off the lights in the sub so they could watch the fish outside instead, so the only light coming into the sub was coming in the windows, either from the sun which was high, or from light being reflected back from the sub searchlights. Now, any of you guys want to try piloting the sub? Raven asked, once they were away from the rocks of the shore. Samantha quickly moved up to the pilot's seat, with Goro right behind her, and together the two of them remembered everything Raven had taught them about piloting the sub. Raven looked pleased at how much they remembered. You're good students, she said. You could probably pilot the sub all by yourselves. Oh Raven, would you ever let us take it out by ourselves? Kiyoko asked. You know you could trust us. Maybe one day, Raven answered. But you'd have to promise not to go out too far, or into deep waters. Of course, Goro said. You know we wouldn't do anything dangerous. They couldn't help but think about how great it would be to go out in Raven's sub all by themselves. They found a steady current, and the sub moved along quickly, rocking a little from side to side, as it moved through different eddy currents. But overall the ocean really was calm. This is great, Goro said. I love it, the way the fish just come up and swim around us, it's amazing. Everyone loved it, even Miki, who seemed more interested in telling the fish to wipe their feet, than anything the kids were doing. 
The monkey's constant chattering to the fish began to irritate everyone else, and when he started telling the fish to close their windows, everyone had had enough. Be quiet Miki, they all yelled at the same time. Miki laughed to himself, and then told a fish that was swimming by to blow its nose. I seem to have lost my sense of direction, Goro said. Where's Utopia Colony? I don't have a problem finding it up on the shore, but now that we're down here, I'm a bit lost. It's up ahead. Don't worry, you've been piloting us in the right direction, Raven answered. It's farther than you thought, isn't it? Yes, it didn't look that far from the outpost, Goro answered. All the kids looked ahead into the blue waters, they couldn't see very far, certainly not far enough to see Utopia Colony, but it was still exciting. After everything Osiril had said about Utopia Colony, they couldn't help but being excited. Hey look! Samantha suddenly said excitedly. Look, it's the dolphin pod. They're okay. The dolphins swam up to the sub, and swam around it, trying to figure out what it was. I thought they might have been killed in the tsunami. Samantha said. You don't need to worry about the dolphins, Raven said. They're smart animals, I don't know how they survived the tsunami, but they know more about the sea than we probably ever will. Where are your manners? Miki demanded of a young dolphin that swam up to the window to have a look at him. I'll bet none of them ever saw a monkey before, Arthur said, looking at the pod of dolphins swimming around them. Look, the reefs, Goro said, as the reefs suddenly appeared out of the blue waters in front of them. I'd better take over now, Raven said taking back the pilot's seat. These reefs can be tricky. She carefully piloted the sub right up to a reef, so the kids could have a close-up look. The reef was made up of many types of coral, and surrounded by what seemed like hundreds of types of fish, shrimp, and crabs. Look, that's a coral splitting into two, Goro said, pointing at a couple small light blue corals that had a thin blue connection linking them. And look that's a star coral with those two solitary corals. Goro continued, excitedly pointing at three glassy looking corals that all looked the same to the other kids. And look, staghorn coral. You sure know your corals, Samantha said looking at the coral Goro was pointing at, which looked like deer antlers. And that's fire coral. Goro continued. They'll sting you if you touch them. And look, that's horny coral. And those are damselfish. And those are branded coral shrimp. And that's... The others decided that Goro's going on and on about fish and sea creatures wasn't that much more interesting when you were under the sea looking at them, than when you were up on dry land, and so started ignoring him the way they usually did. Goro pulled out his hollow corder, and started taking recordings of the various corals and fish he was talking about. And then Kiyoko asked a question that drew everyone's attention back to Goro, what is coral? They all looked at Goro, who had a great way of explaining complicated things to his little sister. Well, he started, and then paused, thinking about how to explain it. Corals are small creatures that live in one place all their lives, sort of like plants, except that they eat tiny fish, and have soft shell-like bodies. When they die, their bodies become hard like stone, and other corals grow on top of them, and so, you see, they slowly make coral reefs, over hundreds of years. And many fish, and shrimp, and other creatures need reefs to live in so corals are really important to the oceans. Oh, Kiyoko said, thinking about what her brother had said. How long do you think it took for the coral to build a reef this big? Arthur asked. This reef started as debris from the mines under Utopia Colony, Raven said. 
The coral didn't start growing here until after the old colony was abandoned. Hey look, is that Utopia colony? Arthur suddenly said, pointing through a gap in the reef, at what looked like a giant crystal ball. Look Raven, Samantha said, I'll bet we could get through this gap in the reef, and have a real close look at Utopia colony. Well we're not going to try, Raven said firmly. These reefs are too dangerous for us to be wandering around in, and getting lost. Besides there's probably a strong current coming through that channel, which is why there's no coral growing there. She continued piloting the sub around the outside of the reefs, and Utopia Colony quickly disappeared. Samantha made sure to remember the coordinates of the channel through the reefs, because she wanted to try to go through the channel someday, even if Raven didn't. They slowly made their way around the reefs, with Goro telling them the names of each type of fish he saw, and then suddenly, hey look! A giant thornback ray. Everyone looked out the window to where Goro was pointing, including Raven, who had been more interested in piloting the sub than looking at the various types of fish that Goro had been pointing out. Here, take the controls, Raven said to Samantha, and went to have a look at the fish Goro was pointing at. But when she got there, the giant fish had moved out of sight. Oh well, it was probably just a giant manta ray. You know they look very similar. But Goro was absolutely certain he'd seen a giant thornback ray, and there was nothing that could convince him that he hadn't. Raven had to go back to the controls, because the currents were getting stronger now that they had gotten to the side of the reefs that faced out into the deeper parts of the Utopian Ocean. Let's head back towards calmer waters, Raven said, noticing that Kyoko had begun looking sick. It was a giant thornback ray, Goro said to himself, looking out the window eagerly trying to find the creature again. Kiyoko put a wing around her brother and looked for it too, she was sure he must be right, if anyone could find a giant thornback ray, it was Goro. The sub made its way back to calmer waters closer to the shore, and Raven brought the sub up to the surface of the waters, and dropped anchor. They opened the hatch, and went up onto the deck of the sub to eat the snacks they'd brought. The cool ocean air, and the snacks soon calmed everyone's stomach, it wasn't just Kiyoko that had begun to feel sick, Arthur had too but he hadn't mentioned it. Can we really take the cheatery out by ourselves sometime? Samantha suddenly asked as they ate. Raven quickly looked at Samantha, and said, only if you promise not to try to go out to Utopia Colony by yourself, or anywhere around those reefs. That had been what Samantha had been thinking, but she quickly decided that she had better not. Okay, we won't try to go out to Utopia Colony, or the reefs, or anywhere else dangerous, she promised but can we really go out by ourselves? Yes, you can, Raven answered. You're a great group of submariners, and you can't get into any trouble if you go out on a calm day. Samantha was happy to hear that, and she sat back thinking while the others talked. She was coming up with a plan, she would keep her promise to Raven, and wouldn't go out to Utopia Colony and the Cheedry. She would practice piloting the Cheedry, and as soon as she was sure she could handle it right, she would borrow Osirah's sub the Rangelft, and go out to Utopia Colony in it. It was a risky plan, but she really wanted to go out to Utopia Colony, and she knew that she could probably get Gora to go with her, he really wanted to look for that giant thornback ray again. She was sure she could find that channel again, she had memorized the coordinates perfectly. She would go slowly through the channel, in case Raven was right about the currents. The Rangelft was a bit bigger than the Cheedery, but she was sure she'd be able to handle it. She didn't say anything about her plan in front of Raven. 
Raven was a good friend, but she was an adult, and adults always try to stop kids from doing anything dangerous. Miki had noticed that Samantha had become quiet, and made his way to her. Wake up sleepyhead, he said jumping up into her lap, and she laughed. Miki always had something to say, even when you wanted to be left alone. The sun will be going down before too long, Raven said, looking out towards the western horizon. We'd better head back. Before too long they were back in Raven's cavern, getting out of the sub. Well I had a great time today, she said as they left. Come back tomorrow, and I'll let you take the cheatery out by yourselves.